Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Lauren Searden, Operations Manager for 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Today, your host is Lauren, and I am here again with our resident doula, I call her, Sulamita or Sula the doula. Thank you so much, Sulamita, for being here again. And they got me to host, and we're talking all about lactation support and postpartum and all the questions that we kind of thought of last time or started to get into last episode when we talked about swaddling or... Yeah, and like baby gear. And we thought this would be a great podcast to do because I had all these questions. I was just telling her before we started, it's like information overload. I was telling my parents the other day, like, you just weren't meant to have this much information with the internet. Like, you can have every take that's ever been done. And as someone who wants to plan her life and her baby and all the things, it's too much. So I'm so excited to sit down with Sulamita and get some clarity as much as we can and also give education for all of you. So thank you so much for being here again. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yes. So let's just do another quick introduction to the new listeners if they haven't heard our previous episodes with you and about who you are and your your knowledge on all this. Yeah, so I am a birth and postpartum doula. Been doing this for 3 years now. My postpartum doula training will come into play here sure. for this po- podcast yes. on like lactation and all that stuff. Awesome. I work as far as Everett, all the way down to like Federal Way, that's kind of my range yeah. of every family that I've served. Awesome. That's so great. So I think the first question that we can kind of start off with, is especially with you in your postpartum doula care, mm-hmm. what are some issues or kind of the big Maybe I feel like everyone kind of will have a struggle, not everyone, but like the common struggle that people have with lactation, breastfeeding, pumping that new mothers kind of encounter Yeah, right off the bat, like early days of trying to figure out this whole feeding a baby thing off your own body. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that breastfeeding is something that women should prepare for as much as we prepare for a baby. Mm -hmm. You know, we like get all the baby supplies before baby arrives and all this kind of stuff. And I think that if you like research and prepare for breastfeeding that sets you up for success so definitely don't wait until like your baby's here to try to help the main number one problem that women have is pain Mm. because you're having someone suck on your nipples all day long yeah and you know when you're at the hospital you're like okay this is not horrible right you know the first latch that kind of stuff it's like okay this isn't bad but then day two day three a week later you're like yeah. i can't do this anymore because yeah, it's constant i mean it's, it's every two hours ish yeah, or more you or, know when they're yeah. like cluster feeding they're just on all you know, yeah, all day all so day. Um, and in the beginning uh, from what i understand again this is coming from someone who's doing research and trying to think 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 
do the things and read the things. In the beginning, especially, you know, the colostrum that comes in, we can get into all the different milk thingies, but yeah. it's thick. And so they have mm-hmm. to suck for mm-hmm. a good amount of time, if I'm not mistaken, to get it out. So that can kind of not set the nipples up for success, I yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of have to like toughen up. If, yeah. like, <laughs> the basic, kind of like getting basic. like calluses on yes, the hands exactly. when you're like working. Exactly. So like kind of have to tough it out. I mean, I know that's just very just like sure. harsh, yeah. but like there's nothing really you can do things to make it feel better, but you got to stick with it and then you'll come out on the other end being able to. Now, there's things that can make it painful, like tongue ties, lip ties, incorrect latch, that those things can really, really help make it more comfortable. Yeah. But even if everything is going great, there's going to be some discomfort when totally. you start your breastfeeding journey. Yeah. So you just kind of have to know that and be prepared for that. Like I said, so many so many people prepare for like labor and mm-hmm. like the pain of that and like, you know, processing that. Sure. But I think that you have to carry that over into breastfeeding. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like sometimes people especially when you're in like this newborn days of lack of sleep, then this new task and pain and all the things. Do you feel like sometimes people give up a little too early and then don't get over that hump of like pain or supply or all the things like that? Yeah, I think lack of support helps helps people like throwing in the towel. If you have support from anyone in your community, Mm -hmm. you will be able to make it through. And it's just sometimes like word of affirmation to let you know that you're doing okay you know and then also not being scared to try formula Mm -hmm. while you're starting your breastfeeding journey I feel like some people just switch right away to formula and then they just like this is what we're gonna do if your supply is not coming in you know and if it's day four and baby's hungry it's okay to do it Mm -hmm. but don't stop trying to get your milk to come in yeah yeah speaking of that the milk generally comes in three days postpartum it can be three to five days. Okay. So that's just kind of like the ballpark. Again, it's like hard to tell when it's going to come in, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of like the normal range. Yeah. And so if you're if you're one of those people that it takes, you know, a whole week, then you're going to have a little bit of a hungrier baby. I think researching a good formula that you like and having just a can of that at home okay. is nice. So then when you're like, okay, we need to use formula, at least you feel good about which formula you're giving the yeah. baby. So that kind of is... Like I say, usually to my postpartum families, I'm like, just research one that you really are comfortable giving your baby. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like in my brain, personally, my my intention is to like, we're going to figure this out and yeah. breastfeed and do it. But like, if it's not happening, you probably should have something in case because if it's 2 a.m. and this child's screaming, like right. you're not maybe going to <laughs> like be able to get said formula in that moment. Yes. So to have some probably. Yeah. And I feel like formula has been so taboo, you know, sure. like, oh, it's so bad. Don't even try it. But I have seen it be used to kind of help the mom sit back and take a breather yeah, and, like and then try again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like when she gets so frustrated, baby's screaming because baby's hungry. Her milk is, you know, coming in, but not fast enough. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're just going to pause and regroup. And then her milk comes in and then they just take off. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And then speaking of just like bottles, pumping, breastfeeding, I hear a lot about this nipple confusion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's a million bottles, Mm -hmm. some better, some are better for breastfeeding and, you know, bottle feeding babies. Mm -hmm. If you introduce a bottle to early, they won't take the breast. What are your thoughts on all of that? Obviously, like, we need to feed these babies. So like if it's a bottle, it has to happen. From what you experienced, if we can, you know, have someone who wants to breastfeed, but then needs to supplement a few feeds with bottles, how best to go about that for like young 
babies. I think the biggest thing with nipple confusion that I've seen is that babies prefer bottles because it's easier to get the milk out. Sure. You know, so they prefer, so then when you start giving them a bottle and then you put them back on the breast, they're like, wait, why do I have to work to get the milk out of the breast when I can just have the yeah. bottle? Because the bottle kind of, I mean, they have to suck, but it flows. Exactly. Pretty. It's just right there. Yeah. Where like your breast milk will like come, yeah, they have to suck and then you have a letdown yeah. and then they have to suck and you have a letdown. Right. So my biggest tip with that would be to give like, Two ounces of milk in a bottle, not a full feed. Okay. So first you would latch baby and try to nurse and then you would unlatch baby and give them just enough to make them comfortable, but you're not actually feeding them with the oh, formula. That is so smart. So that then you they get hungry again and you're latching them again. So they're almost associating having to work for like the work that they it's like positive or like negative reinforcement. Like the work that they just did. They got a bottle and then they're like, oh, th their brain almost thinks like I, I did that. Yeah. Even you, though you, you they got did some it. Food. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you're not fit, like you're not completely making them full off the bottle. So, so then they're trying working. again. Try again. Try again. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's a new information that I found. I, I'm not an expert, but I've done a lot of research and I have not heard that one. So yeah. that is a good one. Thank you. So with this tongue, lip, cheek, all the ties that we hear about. <laughs> It's so interesting because my I was talking to my mom about this and it's like they must have always been an issue. Just people didn't do anything about it because now like every baby I hear like, oh, yeah, she has a tongue tie or lip tie. And so at what point can you figure that out? Is that like you're in the hospital, the nurse is helping you latch and they're like, oh, yeah, you have a tongue tie. Or is this something that's discovered a week after you're home? Like how and from your experience, when are we establishing that these babies have these issues and how soon can we resolve if they happen. Yeah. So usually the lactation consultant in the hospital will be able to kind of diagnose mm -hmm. a lip tie. Nurses can, but they're not they're not sure. trained in it. So yeah. it's sometimes it's really easy to spot. Mm -hmm. Even I could spot one, you know, when I'm like with a baby, but I always tell parents to go see a lactation specialist yeah. to get like the formal diagnosis. And that can happen if you have one in the hospital. The one in the hospital will probably refer you to one in a clinic sure. to like to have it double checked mm -hmm. and then they'll schedule a revision. Um, and the lactation consultants can do those? Or does it usually a pediatrician or a dentist or who does this? It's going to be a dentist probably because it's a medical procedure. Sure. So they're probably going to have someone on staff that mm -hmm. can, is more well-versed in revisions. And a pediatric dentist will definitely be able to do one for you. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And so usually, I mean, if it's there and you have that resource, we can figure that out yeah. early. But if they yeah. don't, it might be, oh, I'm trying to latch and the baby's not Right. And well. sometimes, you know, you take him to the doctor mm -hmm. and they're like, we don't see anything, but you're having trouble breastfeeding. Sure. So then you go to a lactation specialist and they're like, actually, there is something there. Yeah. And also having it revised will not guarantee that things start to go smoother. I got you. So it's just like a thing that you can try, but mm -hmm. it's not a guarantee that it will help. Yeah. And you can have a lip or tongue tie and have fine breastfeeding too, right? That's like correct. It might not affect breastfeeding, but it could. Yes. Maybe like the severity of it or I think no, because I I mean I breastfed my daughter and yeah. she has she had a lip tie. Uh -huh. the, I mean, and this is a whole rabbit hole. Sure. Because she breastfed fine, but I feel like now that she's a toddler, I see the symptoms of her not getting it revised. Yeah. So there's other things besides breastfeeding that yeah. ties play, like tie into. <laughs> sure. I'm sure it's a motivating factor if like someone's not breastfeeding well to do it or a baby's not breastfeeding well. But um, even if not, it might 
lead to issues or or different things down the road. And so speaking of the lactation specialist or consultant, should everyone see a a lactation consultant? When should women, should should you only reach out when you're having issues or should it kind of be like, like doula care or, you know, how we deal with maternity care is like you go to someone almost preventatively. Like my, my appointments aren't for my, for my midwife, like aren't super exciting. It's more like if problems arise. So it should it be like that for lactation or only go when you have found like, okay, something's not working. I recommend going before baby's here mm-hmm. just to like sit down and ha- talk to someone again to prep. Also your nipples change right. like before baby, after baby's here. And then like a month after baby's been feeding on them. Mm-hmm. So I would like to check in at different times. So before baby, just to kind of get like, and she'll look at your, you know, the size, who your nipple shapes are to kind of give you tips on like how to make it better or smoother transition for breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And then after baby's born, most hospitals, and I say hospitals, but if you're giving birth at home or at a birth center, they probably have lactation consultant that you could speak with right away to kind of help the latch because you've never latched a baby on before there's different positionings that you can try that's kind of nice to have someone there to help and then a week or two after and then a week or two after that just to check in again Mm -hmm. I think is really nice to have getting connected with a lactation center near you just so that you know where it's at you know their phone number right and scheduling an appointment if you don't need that appointment you can cancel it yeah exactly but like it's kind of a long like you know you have it can be like two weeks out and if you're having like a lot of pain with breastfeeding or with latching yeah that's a long two weeks and so i say schedule that appointment you know when baby's here Mm -hmm. and then if you don't need it you can cancel it but definitely get in because they can like it can be the turning point of whether this is a successful journey for you or not sure so i do really recommend utilizing them yeah definitely and then kind of my not final but one of my other questions is for pumping, if you are planning on eventually bottle feeding and you're going to pump in the beginning, I know there's, you know, obviously like breastfeeding is a lot about supply and demand. Like the more mm-hmm. supply, the more or the more, you know, demanded, the more supply you produce. When should you introduce pumping if you're breastfeeding your baby you want to you know maybe not exclusively breastfeed but like mostly breastfeed in the beginning and then eventually maybe do pumping and breastfeeding com- combination Will your you oversupply if you're pumping and breastfeeding at the same time in those early days? You can. And that's kind of the worry that a lot of people have. I do recommend pumping in the beginning to get your milk to come in. Okay. Once your milk is in, you stop pumping and kind of let your body figure out what it's what's what the going baby on. Needs. Yeah, because you're gonna get so much milk that just kind of like comes in. Oh yeah. Engorgement. I've heard, I've heard people wake up and they're like this feels different. <laughs> like it's just yes. like it's like a moment yes. almost. And also like if, you know, a mom calls me and she's like, I am in so much pain because yeah. I'm so full of milk. I recommend pumping a little bit just to get like, the, I mean, the relief. The relief. Also, if you're super engorged and your boobs are hard, mm. baby can't latch. It's like trying to latch oh. onto a balloon. You know, they're like can't get right. that good deep latch. So, so I have to pump a little bit to like empty them out of it. Pump till your breasts get a little soft and then latch baby on. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the haka on the other boob? I love it. Okay. I love it. Recommend it. Use it. Yes. Yes. I'm a big fan of haka. Okay. <laughs> and that, for people that don't know, is a – it's like a passive almost 
pump? Like, yeah. how would you explain it? It is kind of like a hand pump. Yeah. I call it the boob grenade because it kind of looks <laughs> like, like that. <laughs> um, funny. But you just kind of uh, suction it on your breast and then you don't have to like pump or anything. It just uses the force of the suction. So it's a little bit gentler than a pump. And it can be a nice way to collect milk without having to hook up because if you're feeding baby on one side, you can be using it on the other side. Mm-hmm. Also, if you do have an oversupply or if, you know, your milk is coming in hot and heavy yeah. and Infants are also learning how to breastfeed and milk is being sprayed everywhere. And they just they're yeah. like, I don't know what's going they're on. They're like getting like choked almost yeah, like it's yeah. like coming out too fast. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's you can you, like feed on one side while your baby's struggling. Yeah. But you hawk on the other side and it kind of empties it out and makes the let's down, let's forceful. Oh, cool. So when you switch to the other side. Your baby will be able to kind of like nurse a little yeah. bit calmer. Yeah. So I do like to use the haka. Even if you're having forceful letdowns and it's almost time to feed, mm-hmm. I say haka and then feed. Just yeah. to kind of give your baby because you don't want your baby to start to not like to breastfeed because they're just constantly fire hose in the mouth. Sure. I know. It's so funny. It's like these babies, I I understand. They come <laughs> from this environment that they get everything they need, mm-hmm. but they're very picky. <laughs> Too hard, they're not going to do it. Too much, they're not going to do it. I'm like, okay, we're trying our best over here. It's just funny. When you think about these things, I'm like, because, yeah, I have friends who had, I have two friends, one who was a severe undersupplier, one who was a severe oversupplier. And it's like, it's that, and my friend who was an oversupplier, her baby had tongue ties. So Mm -hmm. the milk was coming out and the it was just like, there was no latch. These baby, this baby was getting milk everywhere. And they were like, it was the middle of the night, day three of like, what do we freaking do? You know, you're, you might, some people have like the dream breastfeeding experience where like everything works out, but like you may have one of the issues like, oh, I didn't have a problem producing milk, but like the baby couldn't latch or mm-hmm. the milk isn't coming in. The baby has a perfect latch, you know? Uh-huh. So I just feel like having that lactation consultant or someone that we can go to when it's happening, because yeah, like you said, we don't know what's happening. Yeah. Never done this before. Yeah. And you don't know what your thing might be. Right. And, you know, even the most like you could have a perfect breastfeeding journey with a lot of just like milk pouring out of the baby's mouth. Yeah. That's OK. And almost like just expect that. Yeah. Go in the mindset of expecting like leakage sure. and just like milk everywhere. And that's going to be your life for the first three months after baby, you Definitely. know, and it's, that's the perfect breastfeeding journey. Yeah. Like that's what it actually looks like. I don't sure. know what else people are expecting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what of, I mean? Like they get the perfect amount and there's no spillage and no one right. spits up. It's no. Like, yeah. Like get, all that. get the birth cloth ready. Oh yeah. The bed will be covered in milk. You'll be covered in milk. And that's the beauty of yeah. postpartum. You're like, and that is the beauty of creating life. Yes. It is really cool. I mean, just the fact that we, as women can grow said child and then sustain the mm-hmm. child on the body it with obviously it's not a perfect right. system and it's not they're not without challenge but i think remembering that it's really cool yeah. that it can happen i think for me makes me mentally be like okay i can push through this because like i think it's awesome that we can do this yeah almost. that's a good out like you way know to look yeah because it's like i mean sorry love my husband but you're useless <laughs> look at me being like the sole incubator and now I'm going to feed the child like mm-hmm. it and yes it does I'm sure put pressure and it's a lot on the mothers mm-hmm. to have to be the sole. so utilizing bottles or formula when needed yes. to give people a break but I think also just remembering that we have this capability to try to do it is yeah. like super cool and worth the maybe extra energy of mm-hmm. going to a lactation consultant too. Because, yeah, once you get over the hump, it can be 
easy breezy. Yeah. And I tell a lot of my new moms when they're like trying to put baby on the breast and it takes like, you know, a good 10 minutes to yeah. get a good latch. I'm like, I know you're picturing like your friend who has a six month old. Yeah. And it's just, just like, like throwing it on exactly. the Exactly. <laughs> like it's just so easy, you know, yeah. and that's what we see usually in public. Sure. We see the breastfeeding that's super easy where mom just. And they're eating and yeah. the mom's eating, talking to a friend. Yeah, of, they're covered know. up. Like, you know, yeah. it's like it's like it didn't happen. <laughs> right. And so that's why, like, we're like, it should be that way. Yeah. But that mom, when, you know, the baby was two months old, was also going through sure. what you're going through. Exactly. So we just have to, like, stop comparing it to a six-month-old. Oh, yeah. The baby's also learning. You know, you're learning together. Exactly. And so just having grace for each other. <laughs> yes. And remembering that it does get easier. <laughs> totally. I think that's great. Rolling into some of just with postpartum, obviously – postpartum pain can be the nipples having, you know, mm-hmm. tenderness. Oh, what are some with the nipple tenderness? I know there's some things we can do. What are your favorite? It's going to hurt. We're going to do things. Do you like the nipple butters, the silver thingy mm-hmm. bobs that you put on there? <laughs> what are your favorite t- relief techniques uh-huh. for the nipple hurting? That might not take away at all, but will help between feeds and such. Yeah. So nipple creams and stuff like that, I feel like helps more with like cracking or like dry nipples. And I actually recommend if when you're breastfeeding after you unlatch baby, your breast milk is like so medicinal. So just kind of like rub it on your nipple and let that dry. You don't necessarily need to go buy 50 creams. Okay. I like creams for like if you get like a yeast thrush is kind of popular. So then definitely use all the creams there. Sure. I like the silverettes. Those are really nice. My favorite is the hydrogel pads. Okay. Because you can put them in the fridge and so it cools and then putting it on between feedings. It also creates a barrier between your nipple and the bra. Sure. Like the silverettes do too. And your nipples are like very tender going through this like beating up phase. So any like friction or rubbing. Right. And even like the pads that they put on is like not the com- not the most comfortable, you know. So right. having those on to kind of help give and them a break. That's my favorite one. And then for just postpartum pain relief, there's so like, I mean, there's so much. The Freedom Mom postpartum kit has yes. like the ice packs and the sprays. Ice packs, I do like the perineal Perineal. <laughs> Perineal spray is nice. Yeah. The heat a heating pad is also something oh, that you can pad. kind of yeah. have by your bedside to help. Even with your breasts too. Yeah. If they get very full and you need to empty them, kind of warming them up a little bit beforehand helps oh. the milk flow. Cool. I didn't know. Um that. and then you will get offered pain medication after childbirth, and I recommend taking it. <laughs> okay. Good to I know. am like the most I don't own Tylenol or ibuprofen yeah. at home, but after childbirth, take the dang Tylenol. Be- yes, because <laughs> you don't need to be. You don't need to prove to anyone sure. that you're a superhero, and you need to be comfortable to take care of your baby. Yeah. So you know you need to kind of manage your pain yeah. so that you can show up for your baby, especially if you've had a tear or repair. I'm right. sure that contributes. And like even if you had a perfect. Your vagina stretched exactly how it should. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's still painful. It is. And sore and healing. A you baby know? just came out of yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> or if you had a C-section, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. That's major abdominal surgery. Yes. So I'm sure that takes – take the meds. Take the meds because you'll feel better. Yeah. Is there any – I mean, maybe for like the higher pain meds for like C-section, mm-hmm. but is there any – like, would it affect milk supply to take medication or no? No, not. Yeah, no, they wouldn't give it to you. If right. <laughs> um, there's some, I mean, there's a long list of medications I'm that you sure. shouldn't take. But f- as far as pain medication goes, like the they 
alternate ibuprofen and Tylenol, and that's safe to take while cool. breastfeeding. Awesome. Any other things for the perineal area that you feel like is really good for helping with pain relief? Or just like, I know like the perineal spray bottle thingy-mabob. Yeah. I'm spray. using that thingy-mabob a lot because I don't know these technical terms, <laughs> but you're not supposed to like wipe. Oh, the water bottle. The water bottles. Yeah. Yes, that is a good one. And sometimes women need it and some don't. It also mm-hmm. depends on if you tear and where you tear. Okay. So is that mostly just, for people who've torn, they have to use that? Or is that... If it's a tear usually near the urethra, okay. then yes, you'll sting a little bit with pee. But I mean, you're not supposed to wipe either way. So even if it's not stinging or there's no tears, mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of like flush everything out sure. after you've... And you do kind of... You can tap... With like a paper towel yeah. to kind of like dry like things. Wipe things. Yeah. Like friction. Yeah. And then what are you are you I've heard, you know, people will do the pads with the underwear or like the depends where it's mm-hmm. just all what what do you feel like your people mostly, your postpartum ladies mostly appreciate? Or is it kind of a pref- personal preference? I think at first it's the pads, the mm-hmm. giant pads yeah. with the mesh underwear. Uh-huh. Just because that gives you a little bit, it holds everything together a little bit more and then after the bleeding kind of slows down then they switch to the depends okay cool so when i think yeah anything else we i mean the last question we have on here is talking about getting quality sleep when attending to the baby's needs i feel like you're just not gonna get good sleep in the (laughs) beginning but enlighten me if is there anything we can do well obviously we're gonna wake up obviously the baby's on their own schedule and they're mm-hmm. figuring out this whole life thing. Mm-hmm. But how can we best, I mean, obviously getting a postpartum doula, that would be beautiful, <laughs> but that's not all everyone's scenario. So yeah. it's just having support from somebody else. It sure. doesn't have to be a postpartum doula, but if you're waking up at night, you're going to have to wake up at night, you know, every two to three hours to get your baby up to birth weight. That's mm-hmm. just like, you're going to have to do that. Yeah, Having someone else do it with you makes it a little bit easier for sure. Resting like, you don't go to the pumpkin patch with your two-day-old, you know, yes. <laughs> like stay home, people. stay home, you're on the couch, you're watching your shows, you're because yeah. even though you are awake, your body's still resting. Totally. And so just taking that time to kind of rest and do all the things, you know, drink the hot teas to mm-hmm. kind of help your body relax, um, try to keep your mind from like spiraling, you know, so like mind with mind and body are relaxed yeah. and calm. And so that can help when you're not getting sleep. Yeah. Where like you're not exerting so much energy in the day mm-hmm. for the night to be like, I'm exhausted. Because yeah, I mean, waking up every every three hours isn't going to feel great, but mm-hmm. it's going to feel probably worse if you've lived a whole day like you did postpartum. <laughs> baby. Yeah. Baby. And you say it's waking up every three hours, yeah. but you wake up, you feed, you change the baby, yeah. you burp. You get the baby back to sleep, and then it's really like an hour and a half until the next feeding. I know. That's so. kind of like this whole thing I learned about contractions. It's really not two minutes apart. It's two minutes from the start of the start of the next one. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, that's really not two minutes apart. That's like a minute <laughs> apart if they're lasting a minute. So it's also a little bit of a lie, like two, every two, three hours. Yeah. It's every two hours are awake. That doesn't mean that right. you're getting two hours of sleep. <laughs> right. So that's why it's nice to have someone else. So yeah. you feed and then you hand the baby off so they can do the changing and the swaddling and the burping. Sure. And the putting. So you are awake for maybe 30 minutes at most. Yeah. And then you're back to sleep. Yeah. Especially, the, I think, yeah, like the, the, the person that's just given birth mm-hmm. that is having to breastfeed, mm-hmm. that's a lot on the body and some good sleep may help (laughs) i mean obviously it's gonna it's gonna help with just healing with feeling like 
some sanity and then we're both in this crazy life together. Yeah. <laughs> the, the partner or the, or the family member or whoever yes. it is. <laughs> and you'd be surprised. I've had moms who are like, I just need you for one night yeah. and then one night of sleep and they're like, I am a new woman. Oh, yeah. My friend would be like, <laughs> I slept four hours. And, I, and this is my friend who before maybe was like an 11 hour, like she could sleep. As long as if no one woke her up, she'd keep sleeping. So she'd be like, oh, I'm a new person. I slept four hours. And I'm like, who is this girl? <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. What is your thoughts on like if the mom needs a nap like in the day or whatever, like taking the baby away? Does that help with like not taking the baby away, but like knowing maybe like going on a walk or doing something with the baby where like they know like they don't have to hear uh-huh. the baby crying? Does that help like get actual rest? Because I feel like I've heard people that are like, I'm asleep, but I'm not fully there because I know like there's some need that's going to be met or need to be met. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? About the like someone like knowing that someone's like going to take care. Yeah. And you can actually sleep. Yeah, that that is nice. But I also don't especially like in the first couple of weeks, I don't like the idea of separating mother and baby. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe take the baby and get the but like give the mom the rest she needs, but she also might be awake the whole time worrying about the baby because sure. now this, you, you're such a part of that baby and that baby's such a part of you. Yeah, it's like you're that, one. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know, dad takes the baby for a walk and you're going to be like, where's my baby? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's so true. I know my husband and I keep having funny things. He's like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm going to, like, I already feel this, like, obviously this attachment, like, she's always mm-hmm. with me. And I'm like, I have to share her with the world? Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> my parents keep joking, like, we're never going to hold this baby. Lauren's just going to hog it. I go, yeah, I am, because I'm the one that grew her. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really great point. Any final thoughts for our listeners about just all the things, postpartum, lactation, pain? The thing with lactation is prepare for it, just like you're preparing for birth. Yep. Prepare and then you'll be able to have the journey that you want if you're prepared. And just like there's so many things that you can buy beforehand. So like you said, it's 2 a.m. Yeah. And you're not like, oh, I wish I had a bottle of formula right now so that baby could sleep. No, it's going to be hard. You'll get frustrated. Baby will get frustrated. But you just will. You'll learn together and you will be that mom who just easily plops baby on the boob at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other day my friend was was breastfeeding and I was like, you're done? Like he's one. He has a uh-huh. breastfeed. He's more like a comfort thing. But she had done it so quickly and like just over in the other room that I didn't even realize it happened. Yeah. And I'm like, you, that's not like that one year old is going to be way different, like you said, than a one day old, yes. <laughs> one month old. So yes. I think that's a really great like thing to remember because it is true we're not seeing people struggle through these because yeah who would we don't need anyone (laughs) i don't want to be there you don't want me there (laughs) but it's true that we're not really around these that the struggle and then we just see this like beautiful fruitful connection that this mom and baby have it's Mm -hmm. like i want to get there well you got to kind of push through yes i would say yes yeah awesome well thank you so much for being here again sulamita so great to have you as always you are just such a great resource we have here reach out if you have any questions thank you (laughs) i appreciate it well thank you so much everyone thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode and be well for more information about 3w please visit our website at 3wmedical.org that's the number three the letter w medical.org From there, you can learn more about the services we provide, book an appointment, or even make a donation if you'd like to help support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. 
If you liked this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.